0: Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? We on the same thing. You gotta watch, 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 this podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And today we are... Uh, celebrating baseball because <laughs> guess what, guys? It's Ryan's birthday. Uh, happy birthday, Ryan!
1: Thank you, thank you. <laughs> it just
0: it just happened to work out that your birthday fell on one of your picks. Yeah. So we're gonna continue the the yearly trend of Ryan having Ryan having us watch a Kevin Case, Kevin Costner baseball film. Yeah. And I believe this is the last one. Yes.
1: Yeah so. So, yeah. so sadly that's going to be it. And just to show you how crazy I'm about this stuff. Um, these are all three of his baseball movies that you can stream. You don't need to own, but I do.
0: <laughs> oh, you know, oh, oh. I saw Bull Durham on Blu-ray at a antique store this weekend. And I almost messaged you to see if you needed it on Blu-ray. Um,
1: Obviously, I don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you're fine. Uh, before we get into today's main topic, we've got some business to take care of at the at the top of the show. First of all, you'll notice Devin is missing this week. Uh, he's dealing with a family matter, um, so we're gonna he's gonna take the next this week and next week off. It looks like. So um, our hearts go out to him and his wife Ramana. Um That's all I'm gonna say about that. Uh, Over here on the state side of things, uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up, Uh, some of which we've talked about before. Others we're announcing for the first time today. So first off, next weekend, June 25th, what's the date?
1: The 25th.
0: June 25th in Waynesboro, Pennsylvania we will be at main street comic-con. Uh,
1: it's a con that Alan, uh, was the only one of us to go to the last one. Um, and this year just, it so happens that I'm able to actually join him, uh, on, uh, this year for it. Uh, we're, we're just going to be there. Uh, just if, if anybody wants to show up and talk to us about movies, talk to us about the show. Um, doesn't uh, and from the sound of it, it sounds like it's going to be kind of a close knit affair. So it should be fun, actually. And from what I've heard, because I've only been to one con, uh, but surprisingly enough, the smaller ones can actually can, can actually be as much uh, as much fun as the larger ones, simply because you're with the creators when you're there. Um, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I know I'm looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we will be. Uh, doing some giveaways some smaller giveaways of like candy and maybe some buttons if I order some more <laughs> uh, but our we have a big giveaway that we are doing which is we are Ralph raff- we, we are giving away a Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings poster theatrical 27 by 40 poster so if you're interested in winning that come see us at Main Street Comic-Con Um. So that's next week. We have something planned for this week that we haven't talked about. Uh, with Devin not being on the show tonight, there was a question of, what are we going to do for the show? And one of the ideas I came up with, I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to do it for the show, but let's do it anyway. Uh, and We're, we're going to try to do this monthly, but we're announcing the very first you-have-to-watch-this movie night uh, this Thursday at 7 p.m., here on twitch and maybe facebook uh you can watch a movie with us uh we will have uh, a senior screening room set up all you need is a login for the streaming service that we are using to be able to watch along with us or you can just listen to our commentary on a film and uh there's a film coming out this week that's that's very meta with uh, another franchise that is well known and beloved. And I figured it's a good time to go back and look at those films or at least the first one. So <laughs> this Thursday you can watch toy story along with Ryan and I and possibly Devin. I don't know. Maybe he'll show up, um, but we'll be doing a watch along of toy story right here on the channel. Uh, so for more details on that, make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram and tune back in Thursday evening for uh for the live stream. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I haven't seen Toy Story in years. So when's yeah. the last time you watched Toy Story I, one?
1: I it was like six months ago. And I'm gonna oh, save okay. any comments that uh that that I would normally make at the moment, I'll save them for Thursday.
0: <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Um I still don't know why the chat box isn't showing up, but Oh well, um,
1: we'll probably yeah. just have to keep okay, an eye yeah. on it.
0: I'm just gonna ignore it. Um, okay. So that'll be that'll be this Thursday. Uh, now we get into the to the bulk of our show. Um, at the top of the show, we always talk about things that we've watched in the past week that we that aren't the main topic, but just things that we've watched. And we're like, hey, we watched this. Uh, so. I believe the first pick that we have is Ryan's pick. Uh, Yeah, Ryan, what did you watch this week?
1: So the movie I watched was Southbound. Um, And now that I'm thinking about it, I cannot remember the year it was made, but it's more of a recent movie, Uh, independent horror film. And to be honest, it's fun. I still don't understand the ending. (laughs) It pretty much follows three different to four different storylines. And... And the opening storyline closes the movie. So it starts off with two characters, shows them dealing with this whole weird dimension town that they're in. And then it goes to another set of characters, which bleeds into another storyline, then back into the main characters, uh, back to the characters that started the movie again. It's it, it definitely has some cool moments Makes you think a little bit, but I'm not entirely sure what I was supposed to get from the movie. But it was
0: a fun watch.
1: Okay. So, so that's all a, really I really have
0: to say. <laughs> so is it, it? it's kind of like an anthology show, like different stories. Inter-
1: yeah. I mean, you've got three different main stories that that interconnect in vague ways. And then okay. the movie ends where it begins. OK. And so, I mean, it's one of those things where. I'm I'm very cynical and I'm very hesitant about watching these kind of films just because I've seen so many of them. It's like I'm just I know what's going to happen. This was entertaining. I knew kind of what was going to happen, but it was entertaining enough that I am talking about it on here. And I see that the chat box is back up.
0: Yes, I fixed it. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For some reason, it was set to show zero messages. And I don't know why.
1: That's interesting.
0: Uh, Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, so where did you check that out?
1: Oh, it's on Amazon, I
0: believe. Okay,
1: I need to look that up again. So I, I, I was gonna bring. Uh, it's it's been more than a week since I've seen it. Oh, it's a okay. 2015 film, and you can see it on. Uh, why is it redirect? It is on Hulu. Okay. It's on. Cool. It's on Hulu, and two B awesome. for free.
0: Okay, there you go. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> I just watched. I just watched something on two B for the first time in a while for our, our friends over at Victims and Villains for their yeah. uh, Patreon podcast, which I host. And uh, not talking about that on the show, but if you ever check out, if we get a chance, check out the uh, mi- the mystical adventures of Billy Owens. It's I've a heard of it. Very cheesy harry potter ripoff. okay uh, <laughs> uh but the one thing i did t- did watch this week that i'm going to talk about is last week's major theatrical release jurassic world dominion uh this is also something that i reviewed for our friends at victims of villains but i figured i'd go, go a little bit more in the detail here uh but without getting in the spoilers because ryan has not seen it yet um And he, I don't want to spoil that the T-Rex just takes off Jeff Goldman's shirt completely. Um, Oh
1: yes, finally.
0: (laughs) Um, so I saw this opening night because, uh, Regal cinemas was doing a double feature with the original Jurassic park. So that was enough to get me and the wife to go opening night on her very first day of summer vacation. Um, and it was okay. Um, Jurassic Park was phenomenal on the big screen. The theater we were in had the sound up way too much. Like it was yeah. the opening scene. You could tell it was too loud. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. And then it got to the point where they arrive on the island and are seeing the dinosaurs. And it's just John Williams score. I was like, it, it could be louder. Like I'm fine. <laughs> um, but Jurassic, Jurassic World Dominion, feels like two films. It feels like you've got the Jurassic World action motorcycle chase with Raptors action film going on for half of it. Then the other half is like character driven with uh, Alan Grant and Edie, uh, with. Uh, I'm blanking on names. With, with Jeff Goldblum <laughs> and. Sam Neill and Laura Dern, but those characters—it all uh, feels—it feels more character-driven and feels like the original series of Jurassic Park movies. And then they kind of meet meet up and become one film. Uh, But by that point, it it that that's like two two thirds of the way through the movie. So you've already been going back and forth and getting a lot of whiplash with uh, the tone of the film being uneven, but it kind of sticks to the landing. I really enjoyed the last chunk of this. What you have Jeff Goldblum, like interacting with Chris Pratt. Like, did you make a promise to a dinosaur? <laughs> like just the ridiculousness of them <laughs> meeting and like their interactions were worth it. In the end, the, uh, the legacy cast with Jeff Goldblum, Sam Neill and Laura Dern absolutely steal the show. Um, If you can see this and have alcohol, every time somebody does this to a dinosaur, take a shot, you'll die. Because um, <laughs> it is, it gets ridiculous in this film. Um, but it, it was, it was fun. Like it wasn't the, it wasn't the worst of the Jurassic Park movies. I would say that this is, it's better than three and Fallen Kingdom for me, but not quite up there with. Um, Jurassic Park or Jurassic World. Gotcha. So, do you have any questions for... Why does this keep popping up now? Do you have any questions for me that I can answer without getting the spoilers?
1: No, I mean, I'm good. I mean, I'm in... Three different just generic dinosaur meme groups on Facebook. Yes, they, mm-hmm. those those do exist. And so people are just talking about it. Now, granted, they uh, they also have like spoiler restrictions on there. So that's why I haven't been like avoiding them, because any post that goes up with with any of that information gets taken down right away. So, okay. you know, but I've just I've, I've been seeing stuff here and there and I'm good with what I'm seeing off the trailers. So,
0: OK, cool. Yeah, it, it's a fun watch. Um, I'm more excited for Lightyear. Like, I kind of wish I had just I could see Lightyear <laughs> last weekend instead of this. But yeah, um, so that's my thoughts on Jurassic World Dominion. Um, anything else we want to talk about before we get into the main topic? I'm good. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get into into tonight's main topic: the Sam Raimi baseball film. For love of the game. Ryan, take it away.
1: Well, like you said, tonight's main... Co- uh, I swear, all the prep work I did, and I did not <laughs> look up the year. Cannot believe I did all this. Um, anyway, 99.
0: It's 99. 99.
1: Thank you. So, like Alan said, today's topic is the movie For the Love of the Game, which is the third in the Kevin Costner baseball trilogy. Um The premise of the movie is Kevin Costner is a pitcher who's at the end of his career and he is dealing with uh, just normal change of life issues with with the with his career in the game and with a love interest. And a lot of people have very very different views on this film. So it's gonna be interesting to see what Alan has to say, plus the notes that I got from Devin. Because I was really surprised to un to pretty I was expecting the complete opposite from him from what I got. But we'll deep dive into that later. So my So
0: so full disclosure, we were supposed to do this over a month ago. We were Uh, supposed to do
1: this over a month ago.
0: And then (laughs) I got sick and we had to cancel a show. And it just got pushed to the side because we had deadlines to meet for uh, Dr. Strange. So I haven't watched this since it it, for over a month. But I went through YouTube (laughs) and watched like all of the clips that were there in the trailers. So I I, it brought up a lot of memories for it. So I I still know what my opinions were. Yeah, Uh, I might be fuzzy on some details.
1: That's fine. Plus, I mean, talking about it, too, is probably going to bring up some stuff at the same time, because that's the best way to, to, to remember anyway. But my history with this film is not what you would expect. I had no idea about this movie until like five years ago. Um, I didn't know that it existed. um, Or if I did, I just saw it in passing and never really took any interest in it. Um, I saw it recommended uh, when I was done visiting, uh, when I was done visiting, when I was done watching Trouble with the Curve, which is another baseball movie, and this one popped up, and I had time. I'm like, oh, and I selected it. I was like, this is a Kevin Costner film. I thought he only did the two, and then I put it on. I watched it, and as far as I'm concerned, it's a tale of two movies. (laughs) (laughs) And we're, and I have a feeling that's going to be a major theme through our discussion. Um, But the funny thing is, I've seen it. About five times since then. And to be honest, each time I watch it, the more I like it. And I think it's more of a comfort thing than just me picking up nuances in the movie, because I there's no nuances in this um, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but the, it seems to be the older I get, the more I like it. And I feel there's a reason to that. But we'll get into that later. So. That's my history with it. That's my summary. Alan, since you're actually here.
0: So I remember when this movie came out, I was never a big baseball guy, but I remember seeing commercials for this when it came out. Um, so I was aware of it. I became more aware of it when I got into like Sam Raimi's career. Uh, Sam Raimi, who directed Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, the Spider-Man trilogy from the early 2000s, uh the Evil Dead films. When I when I learned it was his, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's interesting. I'll have to check that out at some point." Yeah. Then it got to the point where I knew you were going to have us watch it on the show. So this is going to be our tie-in for Doctor Strange to talk about oh. um Sam Raimi with. Um but beyond like seeing commercials when it came out, I had no connection to this movie at all. Um, okay. But yeah, that that's my history with it. Did Devin have any?
1: No, Devin said uh, in the notes that he sent me. He said my history with the movie. Honestly, I didn't even know this was a movie. I had never heard of it and never knew it existed. <laughs> and that's it. That's all he said to that one. So I mean that I that's pretty much what what I expected. I'm um, the, the fact that it was Sam Raimi. I was assuming you would have at least heard of it prior. Yeah. Um, But Devin, that was spot on. I was assuming he would have never known about this film. Um, So when I said before about this being a tale of two movies, Mm -hmm. I just figured I'd get my feeling on this out of the way just so I don't, you know, uh, seem shocked or whatever at you and Alan's, I mean, at you and Devin's, you know, uh, feelings on it. I love... From right off the bat, I loved the baseball side of this movie. I feel like it's really well done. Um, On the baseball side of this movie, I feel that it's really well done. Um, They got the right people to play the roles. I mean, J.K. Simmons, is he portrays a major league manager probably just as good as the actor from Moneyball. Those two actors do a really good job, as far as I'm concerned, is the best portrayal of a major league manager. Um, There are certain things that they do that I find really cool in it. Um, But then there's the other side of the movie, which is just the generic 90s love story. And Siskel and Ebert gave this movie a one and a half star out of a five. And one of them, I forget which one said the quote, but they said pretty much that the uh, that the, that the romance side of this was a mess and that the baseball side of it was fine. But they didn't like Kevin Costner's performance. I'm fine with Kevin Costner's performance because I've seen Robin Hood, so I know how bad he can be. <laughs> um, so that's fine. So, like, that's my view of this. Like, I love the baseball side of this movie. The romance side is a mess. The more I watch it, the more I kind of understand where they were trying to go with it. So I just don't really let it bother me as much anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean the film is eighty percent flashback, so a yeah. lot, of, like most of the film, is that love story. And I can appreciate parts of what it does. What is going on here? Uh, Discord just crashed. Maybe. Please no, no. stand by again. What is going on? What? Okay, you there?
1: I'm here. I'm here. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Take two. Uh, Okay.
0: I can appreciate what they're trying to do with the story. I, I myself enjoyed the baseball parts of this a lot more than I expected to. Uh, because it at least did something different. The rest of it, with the romance stuff, like it, 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 it's fine. I think Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston do do a good job with it. It's just, yeah. it's boring. Like, <laughs> and I, I feel like if they had a better balance of the baseball and the love stuff, it might have worked a little bit better. Yeah, uh, I know this is based off of a book. Um, mm-hmm. So so I don't know what the source material is like, um, but there's one scene that I just had to like nope can't watch that. Um, that we'll get it we'll get into later I think. Um, okay. But I, of the of the romance side of things, I liked his story with her daughter a lot. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed that storyline. Um, I I just wish it was more balanced. Like, it just, (laughs) I I think, if it had struck a better back and forth with the baseball stuff and made Mm -hmm. it more like even, I think I would enjoy this a lot more. But because I absolutely love some of the stuff they do with the baseball in here,
1: yeah, yeah. And, um, so do you want to hear what Devin's take was? Absolutely. I was not I was not expecting this. What did you think? I asked him and he responded. Brilliant. Loved it. Ten of ten. Do people like this more than Bull Durham? Because I would watch this sooner than Bull Durham any day. That surprised me the most. And I have a feeling now he's not here. He's not here to defend himself. So this is what I'm going to say. I tend to rag on him a little bit when it comes to like romances because of mm-hmm. his take on romances. Mainly because for a rom com he had us watch a marriage story because he thought it was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Okay. And now again, I know he's not here to to defend himself, but I feel like his unique view on romances is why he made this a ten of ten. Okay. I feel like that's where he's coming from.
0: Okay. Interesting. I did not expect him to go 10 for 10. Me
1: neither. And the fact that he says that he'd watch this over Bull Durham any day. Like, I don't, um, I did go back and forth with him a little bit. Um, I should have, I should have asked him more point. I should have asked him more pointedly if he likes the romance side of this more than the romance in Bull Durham. Yeah. Um, well,
0: let, let, let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Because it's definitely more romance-driven from the get-go
1: yeah.
0: here than it is in Bull Durham. Because in Bull Durham, it's a little bit sex-driven. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I almost like the chemistry between Kevin Costner and Kelly Preston a bit more. Cause I think they, they go a little bit deeper into the connection between the two characters than they do in bill Durham.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, that, I totally, I would totally agree with you on that. They spend more time of showing like the cutesy aspects of like building a relationship in for the love of the game. than they did bull Durham.
0: And not even just that, even just the, uh, the dramatic parts, like the fights and, Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: the, uh, uh, injuries and all like everything that comes with the like the, the ups and the downs, I like, really get into it. So, I think of, of the three Kevin Costner baseball films, it has the the meatiest romantic story of the three because I can't even remember a scene with the with his wife in Field of Dreams,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, they don't really because that's Field of Dreams is like she's there to just show that like he's married. The relationship is solid. It's good. And that's all they really needed to do for Field of Dreams um, for him to do the craziness that he did in that film. Um, Now, this gets into Devin's most embarrassing. Part about his take on this movie, he did not realize that the girl in the flashbacks and the girl that he met on the on uh, in the park on the stands was the same person. Until closer to the end of the movie.
0: So he's not here to defend himself.
1: I really hope he's laughing. I really do. I hope he's laughing if he's watching this right
0: now. He's not here to defend himself. But what an idiot. I mean. Her hair definitely changes. Uh she does look different in that first meeting than she does throughout the rest of the film. They really make her look um like just a girl next door in that opening scene. And then like she looks like she does throughout the rest of the film from that point on. Like she does she does look I think it's the glasses. I think it's the Clark Clark Kent effect. Like that's what threw up.
1: Great. So Um, I have a hat. With Michael Keaton and Devin has glasses for what's her name?
0: Kelly Preston for, for,
1: for Kelly Preston. So I guess we're even on that regard. And now we got to find something for you. I, I think it's going to be like headphones or something. When we find an actor for you, you didn't recognize uh, right off the bat.
0: There's not going to be an actor. I didn't recognize. <laughs>
1: oh, we'll um. find one. But yeah, so th- that was Devin's most embarrassing moment. And it ties in is with the romance side of things. But um, to get into the baseball side of it, that you said that you really enjoyed that part of it. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing that they did in this. Well, there's two favorite things is one. I have yet to see a baseball movie where they do a better job doing announcers during a game than in this one. And there's a reason for that. And I'll and I'll explain it later. And the one moment and it only happens once is and and that's when Billy Chapel leans over and says, clear the mechanism and he blocks everything out and they show what profe- you know high grade focus looks like for a professional athlete or just the visualization of it. I thought like the first time I saw this movie, that blew me back like it actually like yeah, here we go. chills, hairs on my arms like <laughs> so. The uh, yeah.
0: the, clear the mechanism scene is what got me for the baseball stuff. It's like, okay, this is different. I like this. Uh, because it, it's like very zoned in and like all the sound goes away. Uh all you can hear is the the sound of the the glove hitting the mitt, uh, mm-hmm. and the umpire. It, like everything's out of focus behind him. All you can see is the pitcher and the catcher and that's what matters. And I really enjoyed how they showed that.
1: Yeah. Um, what did you think of the just the relationship between uh, Billy Chapel and The Catcher or uh, Kevin Costner and Wreck-It Ralph? Wreck-It Ralph. W- 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 <sighs> they're another part. Like, I feel like the romance should have been between those two because <laughs> yeah, there's
0: there's yeah. definitely a bromance there uh, throughout the whole film. So I enjoyed that. I, I really liked that aspect a lot. I thought their uh their chemistry together was good. I think uh John C. Riley's great in anything he's in. Oh yeah. That's not home to Watson. Um
1: <laughs> so it was a surprise to me to see Riley in this. I wasn't expecting him. And I have to say that the only two movies that I've been surprised by Riley a surprise Riley per se is this in gangs of New York. Cause I wasn't expecting him to be in gangs of New York and he was, and I was like, Oh cool. He's in this. Um, and for Devin also had one, had a surprised, uh, CK Riley moment. And now that I'm looking, Oh, well I can't find it. Sorry, Devin Allen. Do you have a surprise Riley moment?
0: <laughs> uh, no i i really liked him at the uh in the eighth inning scene um when he's like kevin costner's like no one's no one's been on base have they he's like nope not at all like i've never (laughs) seen anything like this like trying to keep his cool but also like getting him pumped up yeah uh i really enjoyed that scene um no, other than that, I can't really think of anything. Like I said, I had to go back and that was one of the clips I watched, fine. but that that, that was a, okay. one of my favorite moments for him. Yeah. Uh, real um, quick in the chat, yeah. we, got, we got some activity going on. Uh, Eric says the love story is corny. The baseball is some of the best baseball and baseball movies ever. Overall, yeah. I love this movie, Clear the Mechanism. Plus, yeah, Billy he- Chapel sounds like an ace pitcher name in the major league in Major League Baseball. And they are the Hollywood Yachty wainwright combo
1: yeah they are I and mean, that's <laughs> yeah and there's there's a lot i mean at this moment in baseball they are setting uh, adam wainwright and yadier molina are setting a record for the most appearances as a battery meaning those two together Going onto the field, Adam Wainwright pitching, Yadier Molina catching, and they're at 316, 314 around that at the moment. And as long as Wainwright stays healthy and Molina stays healthy, they will break the record and they will hold the most battery appearances in Major League Baseball history, which equates to 146 years. Okay. So that, I mean, and there, and And their relationship, I mean, I like to think ever since I saw this movie that that's how those two act is with each other. Uh, Because, you know, just with sports being on the same team, you get that you get that relationship.
0: Uh, Eric goes on to recommend John C. Riley and Showtime, which I think is now called Winning Time because I couldn't say Showtime on HBO. It's about the Showtime (laughs) Lakers of the '80s, and John C. Riley plays Dr. Jerry Buss, who owned the Lakers. I've only heard good things about that, and that's been on my watch list for a while. Not only because not only because it was the 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 death of the working relationship between Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like
0: that's the reason Funny or Die is no longer a thing because because of uh, winning time on HBO.
1: Okay. Um, Now, for people who, you know, what's going on in the baseball game? Because I said before, like Billy Chappell is at the end of his career. He's, uh, it's 19 seasons. He's 40 years old. He's at the time when most pitchers retire that have long careers. What's going on is the fact that is he's pitching a perfect game. And this is extremely significant uh, to why Devin actually loves this movie. Um, What Billy Chappell does in this film is something that has only happened 23 times ever in that 140, uh, uh, 146 year span. It's only happened 23 times. And it's something that, Regardless of what team you root for, if you're a baseball fan and you hear perfect games being pitched or even a no hitter, but a perfect game and you have access to watch it, you're going to watch it. And unless you're a fan of the team getting beat, everybody's rooting for the pitcher to finish it out. Um, It is something that shouldn't happen in baseball, but it does just because of the likelihood of things. So what a perfect, what a perfect game is, is a game that goes at at minimum nine innings, where no batters reach base for any reason. So that means no walks, no hits, no fielding errors, no hit, no no hit by pitch, nothing. Um, and the funny part about it about the people that they casted to be in this movie, Vince Scully plays the main pay play by play guy, uh, because this game is being broadcasted on Fox and him and another actual announcers there with him. And the funny thing is that he's actually called three real perfect games in his career, which is again, ridiculous to even think about. And I, again, he also had his job for, uh, he also had his job for uh, since like 19, 19- here stop it he started his career in well for 67 years he was doing it so i mean there's that so one of the one of the reasons why i feel like this movie is so good on the baseball side of things is the two announcers vince scully who is a hall of fame announcer
0: real quick Hmm? before you get into the the announcers and stuff i had a question about the perfect games when was the when was the last perfect game
1: uh 2012 actually oh wow okay um so yeah so there's only been one time where three perfect games were pitched in one season and that was the 2012 season and that's the last time someone's ever done one um
0: okay next question i have for you yeah when was the last time your st louis cardinals had a perfect game never okay
1: (laughs) They've had one pitched against them, but they've never been on the winning end of one. Um, but I do have one of my favorite memories with me and my dad watching baseball was watching uh, Mark Burley of the White Sox in 2009 pitch one. Um, okay. And then and, and, and that's one of my favorite memories of all time. Um, and it's my favorite perfect game I've ever seen tied with another one which was pitched by Dallas Brandon, an average pitcher. He was not a Hall of Fame pitcher. He only pitched for, like, less than 10 seasons. And he threw a perfect game on Mother's Day with his mom in the stadium. Now, the reason why this is of note is because his uh, his second-to-last-to-last start pitching before that game, Alex Rodriguez ran across the pitching mound because he got out at third. And, and, and Dallas Brandon yelled at him for running across his pitcher's mound because he broke an unwritten rule. Alex Rodriguez was asked about this after the game, and he said, who yelled at me? <laughs> As a diss to Dallas Brandon. Well, he goes out his next start and throws a perfect game. And one of my favorite uh, newspaper comic strips, Dune's uh, uh, one of one of my favorite uh individual comic strips from the newspaper is based off this event and it was done by the uh, it was done by Doonesbury. and it has two people strugg- talking about faith and struggling with faith and then at the very end of the comic the one guy uh the one character in the comic says on the other hand how do how do you explain a perfect game from da- from Dallas Brandon and then the chaplain goes i wouldn't try <laughs> so that's so when it comes to that having and so this happens to him only happened 23 times prior and he tells his love interest at the end of the movie that it should have been the, the happiest night of his life and it wasn't because she wasn't there yeah and this is why Devin liked this movie so much is because it took the classic narrative of like, oh, the big thing that everyone wants is, is, you know, the sporting event, sporting event happens, but it doesn't mean anything because his love interest wasn't there. As in, there's more important things. That's how Devin took the ending. And I feel like that message overshadowed some of the issues with the love interest in this film that I yeah. think he should have, uh,
0: and I think I think part of what was interesting about the ending of this film for me is she never says, I saw your game. Like, like I think he just assumes that she was on a plane and didn't get to see it. Uh, but she never reveals that she watched the whole thing there at that bar. Um But yeah, like I man, I'm gonna work, I, I might have to pick a rom rom com for my next pick for Devin when he's on.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I think I think I, I think I have the perfect one uh, that I've been wanting to go back and rewatch for a while now. And I think right. I think Devin will enjoy it.
1: I uh, hope so. I can
0: just say I can, I'll i just say what it is now. I think now is like the perfect time to show him something like uh, crazy, stupid love.
1: Yeah, I think that'd be that I think it'd be a good time because there's there's moments in this. And he even admitted uh, when he hurts his hand because this is in. This is during one of the flashbacks. Yeah, and the flashbacks happen when when he's pitching, and in the, the the dugout at random times. And then, whenever it goes from a love story to the game, it's like him on the mound or in the dugout, and it just it's like Alan said, it's really not even keeled on how they edit that, so it, it hits at random times, but. They're in snow-covered woods. He's doing woodworking stuff. For and the first time I saw the movie, as soon as they showed him using a saw table, I knew he was going to cut off his thumb or something along those lines. Yeah. Just because, of, just just because of the way the movie was going. No,
0: it, as soon as I saw the saw table, I was like, I know it's coming. I'm just going to mute this and walk away for a bit. And then I came <laughs> back, and he was like, "We're covered," because I. He- I like I don't know what it is, but scenes where I it looks like somebody's getting a limb cut off like by accident like that, I just can't do. Like I just Well, they don't show it. I know, but I just like just all of it around it. I was like, nope, not interested. Okay. I, I, I need to so, walk away for five minutes.
1: So what so what happens is they cut with him holding another piece of wood, pushing the wood against the saw. They cut to her coming out of the house or the cabin with mugs of coffee. She she turns the corner and he's there holding his pitching hand, dripping blood into the snow. And they race to the hospital. They're in the emergency room. She's trying to get somebody's attention. He's on a gurney in one of the like curtain closed rooms, like kicking the bed because he's trying to keep from screaming. And she can't get anyone's attention. So she stops in the middle of the ER and screams, is this not America? Isn't baseball America's best pastime? And that part makes me cringe every single time. It's just awful.
0: Yeah, that part was, I came back in time for that. Um, Yeah, that was very, very, that that was a choice. Um, And then Daniel Day Kim comes to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot how painful that line was.
1: Yeah. And then my and then, of course, my moment that I told Devin and this was when I was talking to him about, you know, like that scene. They get him into the helicopter to fly him to an actual hospital because they're in some like, I don't know, area in like central Montana or something like that. Mm-hmm. They never really explain where they are, Um And he tells her, get a hold of my trainer. He's the most important thing. He's he's the most important person to me right now, which makes sense. The dude's a major league pitcher. He needs his hand to work. If his hand doesn't work, he loses his job. So at that moment, yes, even though she is his love interest, the most important person in his life at that moment is the trainer to make sure to get everything set at the hospital that he's going to to make sure that everything's done correctly. She doesn't really think about that. She just sees it as like, what? And then backs off. And then they show him dramatically turn away from her, (laughs) turn his head over. And again, that's another moment where I tend to roll my eyes. I'm just like, can they try to make this just not so much dramatic? Because it's not that type of a moment.
0: Yeah. All right. (laughs) Can I can I talk about my main disappointment with this film? Yeah, Sure. So, my main disappointment with this film, having watched... Having... Like, going into this, I had just seen Army of Darkness for the first time a few weeks before. Um, And Army of Darkness is pretty out there for a film. Like, it's very uh, crazy and funny, and there's things in it that don't make sense, but they're just fun. And I was like, I want to see more of this Sam Raimi. Like, I... Like, I'm really, I really like him as a, I've always liked him as a director. Spider-Man 2, obviously, still one of my favorite films of all time, because that poster has not come down in months and probably never will. Um, So I was really excited to see what Sam Raimi brought to the baseball film, having seen a few of them already with the the other Kevin Costner films and Moneyball and the other ones that you've had us watch. Uh, And then it's just a baseball movie with a love story. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing Sam Raimi about this. And the only thing that is a Sam Raimi trademark in this is his brother, who's in it for a scene. And that's it. Uh front of the show, Ted Raimi. Uh, oh. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, like, the, I was very disappointed in the Sam Raimi, the lack of Raiminess throughout the whole thing. Uh, okay. And I have a quote here from <clears throat> Sam Raimi on why he did this film. Uh, so if you'll indulge me, uh, yeah, I was simply moved by the screenplay. It was a it was moving and simple, and I love baseball. I love baseball, and I thought I hadn't really been put on. It really hadn't been put on film, and I wanted to see it on the widescreen format. I thought that would be exciting for the audience. Like being at a game, I get get so excited by some baseball games. I wanted to see if I could put some of that into the picture. And I simply like that. Liked it and I wanted to try something different. Completely comes through in this film. Like his love of baseball yeah. is absolutely there. And like that's mm-hmm. I think I think that is why I like the baseball stuff so much. Because when he says, um, uh slow the mechanism. Yeah, like that feels like, kind of when Peter Parker's spider sense goes off. Like it is, it changes the the world changes around him. Um yeah. So I I can really appreciate that that side of it, but the the romance stuff just like fell so flat for what Sam Raimi does. Like it is just straightforward, yeah. and it is what it is. But I I wanted more.
1: Yeah and. To be honest, the only time that the love story and the baseball story line up correctly is when she's at the airport.
0: Mm-hmm. Because
1: the, because because there's that connection of her watching it on TV and cutting back and forth, and like the fans yelling, and then them using the other Yankee fan at the bar, the real annoying baseball fan at the bar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they they, they kind of use them as tie-ins. But yeah, no, I I I think you're right. I think the fact that he his his love for baseball, I think, unintentionally made him focus more on that side of the storyline than the love story side of things. And yeah. I would not be surprised if that's what happened. Um,
0: and I, and you... I, I, as a as a film nerd, I can appreciate the fact that uh, he wanted to put it in widescreen. Because uh, this was the first. uh where did I put the. It was the first Sam Raimi film shot in a shot to be widescreen screen at 2.39 to one aspect ratio.
1: Okay. Well, that's yeah. Um, I'm not a film nerd like you. So I, I will take your word on that. <laughs> I like widescreen myself. I just don't yeah. know what the terminology.
0: Wh- yeah. it, it's wider and narrower. So it would have yeah. fi- filled up more of the screen, but been a little bit shorter.
1: Yeah. Um, which plays out when you're filming a game, especially mm-hmm. a filled level that works. Um, so because it's Sam Raimi and your love for the Spider-Man trilogy that he did, did you notice an actor that was in the trilogy, that was in this movie?
0: J.K. Simmons?
1: Not someone else. It was a character. It was one of the Yankees. No. Okay, Michael Papa John.
0: Papa- Papa- Papa oh, John? Papa John. Okay.
1: Yeah, he he is Sam Tuttle. He's the one that uh, uh, that Kevin Costner's character goes, <laughs> a main reason not to be a Yankee. Like he comes up to bat and then Billy Chappell makes the comment to himself like, yeah, there's a reason not to be a Yankee and it's him. (laughs) And they show all three of his at bats. He's 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 in the uh, Spider-Man. I I know who he plays. plays. Can you answer that for me? He plays
0: (gasps) the in Spider-Man one. He plays the guy who kills Uncle Ben and Ah. is chased down by Spider-Man or yeah, Spider-Man. In Spider-Man okay. Three, he plays the guy who was there when Uncle Ben got shot, but we don't talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so and so that I didn't know. I didn't know what character he played. I saw that when I was looking through like the Wikipedia stuff on the movie. One thing I did not know is that he played college baseball for LSU, which okay. which would explain why like. It was really hard for me to try to pinpoint which which of which of the, the, the character actors were actual like baseball players or like semi-pro players or college players and just and just actors. Because Simmons plays a good Simmons. Riley plays a good catcher. I don't know I don't know if he's ever played semi-pro or college ball. I could not find that out, but he did a decent job of it. Um the and most of the character actors in this, from what I could find out, were X ball players in one sort of another. Um, including even the umpire is one of the most, he, uh, the actor, the guy who played the umpire at home plate uh, is one of the more decorated umpires in MLB in, uh, in recent history. Unfortunately, he died of a stroke back in 2020. So speaking, speaking um, of deaths in yeah. two
0: thousand twenty from this film, Kelly Preston, the the main love interest, passed away in uh, twenty twenty as well. She did. Yeah, uh, she I was is not aware the, of that. She she is the late wife of John Travolta. Uh, she passed away after a two year battle with oh. breast cancer. At the See, age of I, re-
1: I remember that John Travolta's wife died. I did not realize that that was her.
0: Yeah, she was also Ooh. in. Um, so she was also in What a Girl Wants with uh, Amanda Bynes, uh, Jerry Maguire with Tom Cruise, and Battlefield Earth with John Travolta.
1: <laughs> Battlefield Earth—that's a—that's a movie. Let me tell you yes. that right now.
0: Oh yeah. Um, but yeah. So, any other thoughts on uh, For Love of the Game?
1: From Devon, I do. Okay. One of the things that Devin, during us talking a little bit, he brought up a question. And he noticed that all of the baseball movies that we've done so far, well, for the Kevin Costner films anyway, as Devin puts it, there's always the best boy, as he says. Um, That there's always like the good, pure American guy that plays baseball. And he like writes his life in some way. And he wanted to know if like that was the like if that was the narrative for most baseball movies. I had to tell him from what I've seen, you can you can kind of you can you can take that view on a lot of baseball movies. But a lot of other sports movies, you kind of dive away from that, from like football films and basketball films. You don't really have that one narrative guy as much as you do in most baseball movies.
0: I mean, I think it's it's a it's definitely a common thread in all sports films. Uh if you look at something like The Replacements, I think Keanu Reeves' character is a bit of that. Um with his uh getting redemption for his failed college career. Um No, I think that I think that's a fair assessment from Devin. Okay. Uh, Unlike his other comments earlier.
1: Uh. (laughs) Um, He also wanted uh, uh, Simmons to re-embody his character from that uh, jazz movie when he went up to the mound to talk to Kevin Costner.
0: Yeah. I was waiting for it, too.
1: Yeah. So there was that. And. Yeah. I I mean, I was was
0: also waiting for some uh, J. Jordan Jameson to come in. And just be like, Jossie Riley, give me a violin. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's one of one one of the reasons before why I said that his, as far as I'm concerned, his is one of the best performances of a major league manager is because he's acting like a nervous cat the whole time. And when you watch enough major league games, like I do and a lot of people do, you'll notice that a lot of managers act like they're constantly on edge because they are. And he really gets that across, especially with chewing the gum constantly, because you'll see that a lot. They're, they're doing something because they have a nervous tick. Um, the mustache helps too.
0: Mm -hmm. All right. Any other, any other thoughts?
1: No, that's it from Devin. I'm tapped out on it. I have a lot more statistics, but I'm not going to go over them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, Devin said he would watch this over Bull Durham, correct? Yes. If you had to choose which one to watch first, of the three Kevin Costner baseball movies, what is your ranking?
1: It goes Bull Durham, Field of Dreams, For the Love of the Game.
0: From best to worst?
1: No, from... Um, how what? from okay. like how from how I enjoy them to be okay. honest, Bull Durham, Field of Dreams are equal, and how good of movies they are, as far as I'm concerned, for the for the, the love of the game, because of the way that I deal with the romance side of it, it's not up with those two. But yeah, I'll watch it.
0: Yeah, I, I think mean obviously I, I own the Blu Ray. I think that's where <laughs> but, I'm at too. Um, like Field of Dreams is. Very more um sentimental, I think is a mm-hmm. good word to describe it. Old Durham is a little bit more crass. This one is just kind of cheesy.
1: yeah and and it's because of the romance side of it that, that like yeah. and that's why I said like it's your stereotypical the way that I take it, the baseball side excellent. one of the best I've seen put on film. the romance side it's just a generic nineties love story. Yeah. That's it.
0: All right. Uh, looking over the chat quick, uh, friend of the show, Eric said, Ryan, when I quit retail, I am getting on the intercom and saying for the love of retail, I'm done during the middle yeah. of my shift. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that was a good chat. Uh, it's been a while since you and I have done this, just the two of us successfully. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) our Stranger Things episode a few weeks ago did not go well to put it lightly Uh, so if you want to see that go check it out on our Facebook page uh, because it's only 12 minutes long and usually we go for an hour so it's a lot of fun Um, I think that's about it for this week's You Have to Watch this podcast. Join us again on Thursday for our Toy Story watch party Uh, let me see if I can yeah, we're going to be watching Toy Story live. Uh, you won't be, we won't be able to show you the movie, but we'll have a code for the app Scener where you can log into your Disney Plus and watch it in time with us and hear our commentary. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and then tune in next week for a special show. We're still up in the air on what we're going to do. Because I had an idea while we were doing the show that uh, I'm going to have to see if we can work out. So to find out what we're doing next week on You Have to Watch This Podcast, join us Thursday for a Toy Story. Um, until then, you can listen to You Have to Watch This Podcast on all major podcasting platforms. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, and follow us here on Twitch as well. Um, you can also visit our website, Rum Runners Podcast Network dot com forward slash you have to watch this pod uh, you can also check out our spotlight in the indie podcast internet magazine that is out the link to that is on our Facebook page um, I feel like there's a lot more that I'm missing but <laughs> next week Main Street Comic Con in Waynesboro Pennsylvania we will be there we'll be giving away things come say hi um that about does it for you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And it's time to clear the mechanism. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see you Thursday.